Now, before I begin, I must clear up. I did not buy this for myself. And if you can read the back, the people in the front row can obviously read the back. It says, Hardcore Devil Stomping Ninja or something like that is not an official job title. All right, let's pray. Lord, I just pray that you would speak through me tonight. Teach each one of us um, and challenge us. Challenge us who we say you are in in our lives and in our day-to-day um, outside of these walls as well. Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen each one of us and encourage each one of us through through your word tonight. I pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. Justin Bieber. Love him or hate him? Um, you may know who he is. Some of you may not. He's a, he's a pop star who came to fame through YouTube. And some people say he has a beautiful voice. Some people say that he has the most annoying voice. I'm not a fan. I don't like his music. It's nothing personal. I just don't like his style of music. And recently I heard that he, he attended a, a Hillsong conference and became a Christian. He's a, he's a very well-known guy, and I, I kind of get a little bit sceptical about confessions of, of celebrities who say that they're Christians. And sometimes I think, oh, I wonder if, it's, wonder if it's just them trying to get the, the Christian vote, so to speak. But I wonder if Bieber's ever asked his entourage, like his, his personal assistant, his security guard, his limo driver, his dot, dot, dot. I wonder if he's ever asked his entourage, who do the people say that I am? And of course his entourage would say, well, Justin, they say you're Bieber. They say that, that you make millions of dollars every year. Can you imagine if he asked his entourage, his followers, do they say that I'm a Christian? Do they say that I'm a follower of Christ? And tonight in our passage, Jesus asks his followers, his disciples, who the people say that he is. He asks them, who do the people say that I am? And obviously it's not in the same sort of context as, as Justin Bieber, but Jesus launches into this um, situation in order to, to test his disciples, to see where they're going, to see how they're, how they're comprehending what's been happening throughout, throughout the um, Gospel of Mark. Let's, let's set the scene a little bit. They're on the journey to Caesarea Philippi. This is 25 miles north of Bethsaida, where they were last week in, in the passage that we had last week. And these are real places. You could go to Israel and, and the northern parts of Israel and retrace the steps of Jesus and his disciples. I reckon that would be really cool. But while they're walking along, they're, they're just walking along one day and, and Jesus poses this random question and says, who do the people say that I am? 
He wasn't asking this question to find out whether the people loved him or hated him or whether he was popular or what. But he's, like I said earlier, he's launching into this teachable moment where he's trying to discern how the disciples are comprehending what's been going on, but also understanding or whether they're understanding who he is. In verse 28, um, Mark says that the disciples respond and say, well, Jesus, some people say John the Baptist and others say Elijah and then others say one of the prophets. If you flick over to, to chapter 6, verses 14 to 16 there, there's a bit more of a context, a bit more of, of an um, extended version of these things. Verse 14, King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had, been come, had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom, I'm be- whom I beheaded, has been raised. Herod's a little bit crazy. He's a little bit neurotic. He's a little bit uh, insecure in his throne. And it's sort of not, not a surprise that that he, he kind of thinks John the Baptist has been raised to dead, raised from the dead. It's also crazy a little bit that the, the people think that Jesus is Elijah. But if you look at the the story of how Elijah, um, let's say, died, how he how he passed on from this earth, you can kind of understand why the people would think this. Let's have a look at Second Kings, chapter two, verse eleven. And it's one of those parts of the Bible where you need to look at the contents sometimes. Second Kings chapter 2 gives us the story of how Elijah passed on from this earth. Verse 11. And as they, that is Elijah and Elisha, only to confuse you all the more, they still went on and talked. Behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah, Elijah, went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha heard, saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. This is kind of the, the reason why the people thought that Jesus was Elijah, but but also there was prophecy that Elisha had to come back before the promised Messiah had was supposed to come. Now Elijah, Elijah did some pretty amazing stuff. He um, gave a, a, a jar of flour to a lady, which never ran out. Um, she he brought her young boy back to life, and he caused a drought and then brought rain um, that after he prayed, after it had not rained for three whole years, 
he prayed and then um, it rained again. Uh, there was a big battle of, of, between him and the prophets of Baal. Uh, he also parted the Jordan River and crossed on dry land with Elisha. So he pr- did some pretty amazing things, much the same sort of things as what Jesus was doing. But one of the things that Elijah did above all the other things, of all the other tangible kind of things, was that he was always consistent in what he said or what he thought God was saying to him through, through him to the people of Israel. I must need a drink of water. That'll be good on the recording, won't it? Okay. So in the same way as Elijah was, was consistent in what he said um, through, through him to the people of Israel, Jesus is not afraid to, to say the similar sort of things. He's not afraid to speak out and to... Um, Tell people that they're doing the wrong thing or, or tell people that they need to turn back to God, to, to repent. And this is another reason why the people kind of think that Jesus was Elijah. And in the same way, all the prophets were, were very similar to, to how Jesus behaved as well. They did pretty miraculous sort of things, but also they were consistent in speaking out against things that weren't glorifying to God, that that were taking people away from God rather than than bringing bringing them back to the God. John the Baptist was the same as well. He was consistent in saying things that caused people to come back to God, caused people to come back into the kingdom of God. So Jesus has a very similar sort of ministry to, to each of these guys mentioned. He spoke out against things that were not glorifying to God. He got the religious people of the day offside. And he also spoke out and said for the people to repent and turn back to God. Now, if we were to walk down the street and ask people, who do you say Jesus is? We'd probably get 25 different reasons, even if we only talked to 13 people. We'd probably get 25 different um, meanings of who Jesus is. Some would say he's just a good man. Some would say oh, he was a great moral teacher. And then some would say, oh, I don't even know about Jesus. The next question Jesus asks his disciples in chapter 8 is, what about you? He says, but who do you say that I am? The NIV says it just a little bit better, and it says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? These disciples have been following Jesus around for, for what, a, what would be eight chapters not quite eight chapters. They're on the inside of the kingdom of God and they've been 
um, witnesses to some of the most amazing things. And they've been given the secrets to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wants to know what they've learned. He wants to know, who do you say that I am? Now, previously in Mark's, Mark's gospel, the only true recognition of who Jesus really is has come from outsiders of the kingdom of God. Do you see the link here? Jesus is wanting to know who his insiders say that he is. And yet, for the first eight chapters of the, of the book of Mark, the only people that have recognised who Jesus is is people like demons, demon-possessed men, Pharise- uh, not Pharisees, um, the Syrophoenician woman, and they're the people that have been putting their faith in Jesus. And yet the disciples have been incredibly slow to understand who Jesus is. The Pharisees have been even slower to to understand. And now we have a real turning point in Mark's Gospel. There's 16 chapters in Mark's Gospel. We're at the end of chapter 8. And on the way to Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asks this question, Peter answers him and says, You are the Christ. It marks the halfway point of the book of of the Gospel of Mark in a physical way, but it also marks a turning point for where Jesus was not just doing his ministry in the northern part of Israel, but he just turns around and makes his way towards Jerusalem and his crucifixion. Like I said, Peter's response is that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah. Now the term Christ comes from a Greek word, Christos, and the Messiah is a Hebrew word. And each one of them means to anoint or to be anointed. And it was typically used for the likes of prophets, priests and kings. The kings and the kingdom of Israel was was gradually developed over time uh, through the the earthly kingdoms, which eventually failed and and the Assyrians and the Babylonians uh, took Israel into captivity. Now the concept of the Messiah was... To, to kind of come and set up a literal kind of kingdom and, and set up a, a literal earthly reign of a, of a proper Messiah. And this Messiah would set up his kingdom but also set people free from their oppressors. The biggest oppressor at the time of Jesus was the Romans. So you can kind of see how this concept of a Messiah and how this concept of someone who was going to set the people free could have been misunderstood, could have been misconstrued. And by Peter saying that Jesus is the Messiah, by Peter saying that Jesus is the Christ, he's saying that, Jesus, you are the one that's going to save all Israel. 
but he still didn't fully comprehend what this sort of saving was going to be going to involve. Jesus may have been yahooing and high-fiving on the inside here with Peter's confession, but he knew that Peter still didn't fully understand what was going on. He may have been thinking, they're finally getting it, but then he would have said, oh, no, they're still human. You see, the Jews thought that the Messiah would come and set up a literal kingdom, a a proper kingdom, and set them free from their oppressors. And they thought that this would happen at the end of all time. So this was a an end times kind of Messiah. Let's have a look at Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. Look at the table of contents. There's no no shame in that. Chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. You can kind of see prophecy that, that can, can be a little bit misunderstood. Even though Peter was right in what he said, that that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, he still had the wrong concept of this earthly reign and earthly rule. The position that Jesus desires to have in our life is not just an earthly, as an earthly king. He desires to have a a spiritual reign over our lives, doesn't he? And he desires to see us worship him above all other things, especially earthly things. In his commentary on the Gospel of John, yes, you heard me right, we are preaching in Mark, but I was using a, a Gospel of John commentary. James Boyce says, What do you think of Jesus Christ? Who is he? According to Christianity, this is the most important question you or anyone else will ever have to face. It is important because it is inescapable. You will soon have to answer it, sooner or later, in this world or the world to come. And because of the quality of your life here and your eternal destiny depend on your answer. Who is Jesus Christ? If he was only a man or just a good teacher, you can safely forget him. If he is God, as he claimed to be, and as all Christians believe, then you should yield your life to him. You should worship and serve him faithfully. Have a look with me at verse 29 of Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 29. No, sorry, verse 27. 
And Jesus went with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he, does, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? Do you notice the on the way little part there? He, he asked this question on the way to Caesarea Philippi. And there's a reason for this. You see, we have to make a decision in our lives on the way to eternity. It's a decision that each one of us must take ownership of. It's a decision that, that is almost too late at the end of your journey. There are people that, that don't make that decision on the way and make it right at the very last step of their lives and that's special too. But it's a decision that, that we must make on the way through our lives. It's a, a question that we must face on the way through our lives. Who do we say that Jesus is? And you'll notice the last little bit that Jesus commands his disciples not to say anything. This is because everything about Jesus and who he was and is and is to come had not yet been revealed. It's not the case for us. We've had everything revealed to us through the, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And so we should be taking every opportunity presented to us to, to give other people the chance to make the decision of asking the question or posing the question, who do we say, who do you say Jesus is? And we're not just able to rely on the, the confession of other people. Oh, my mum and dad say that Jesus is Lord. Oh, my Sunday school teacher says that, that Jesus is, is God. We've got to make the decision for ourselves. And, and Jesus wants to know who we say that he is. Even better, Jesus wants to teach us who he is completely. And such a relationship will will deeply enrich our lives. We will grow in our faith and understanding of who Jesus is if we are seeking him out day by day. Just as Justin Bieber may wonder who people say he is, we should wonder the same about ourselves, shouldn't we? We should be asking ourselves, who do the people say that I am? Do they say that I am a Christian? Do they say that I am a follower of Christ? Even more personal, does my best mate know that I am a Christian? Does my boss or my work colleagues know that I am a Christian? I want to challenge you this week to, to pose this question to yourself, to yourself every day. Who do I say that Jesus Christ is? But even better, I want, I want you to ask God this week, if there's any misunderstandings in your life of who Jesus is, I want you to, to be challenged and, and to ask God to show you 
even more clearly who Jesus Christ is and what position he is to take in your life. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your, your words that you have for us in Mark's Gospel. Thank you for the question that you asked your followers, who do you say that I am? And thank you for the relevancy that it still rings true today. Lord, I just pray that we would be asking ourselves diligently every day, who do we say that Jesus Christ is? And Lord, I just ask that you would be revealing to you, to us through your word and through through different means that you would be revealing to us who Jesus Christ is. That he is the son of God, that he is our redeemer, our savior and our king. And that he is someone to be worshiped. And Lord, I just pray that that would take place in our lives, that take take centre um, place in our lives. Lord, I just um, commit these things to you. I commit our weeks to you in your name. Amen. Thanks, Carissa. Who do you say Jesus is? What a great question. I think, um, like Dale said, a great question to ask ourselves each day this week and then, and then even a further challenge.